right, everyone. This is Tim with the Online Big Blue. We're bringing you the best in New York Giants sports talk and entertainment. Well, draft is closing in. 29th will be here before you know it. And the Giants are going to be looking at uh, many different players. Um, I'm not going to sit here and list all the pro days that they went to because that's just ridiculous. They're going to go to tons of pro days, and I've been to tons of pro days. So no, no, no reason to even get into that. And Joe Judge hired another uh, another coach for his staff. He hired another quality control coach. This is actually unofficially the twenty third member added to Joe Judge's staff. Twenty third twenty third member added to his staff. Man, I got it's another connection with Joe Judge. Oh my God! How many more coaches can we add? I know we're allowed fifty three players. How many coaches are we allowed? <laughs> Get a little ridiculous, guys. It's it's we are we better be we better be the best coached, the most. Uh, I, I mean, we must be the least. I should rephrase it. We should be the least penalized team, and the best coached on all sides of the ball. Because when you have twenty three coaches on your coaching staff, you, you bet, and you have fifty three players, you better coach the hell out of these guys. You know what? It's like I said it before. It's all in the middle of the table. We're taking all those chips and just pushing them in. And that's what I think they're just doing. And it just cracks me up. Bring in the cavalry. Bring in many guys as we can. Can we can we can we can we call up heaven and see if uh, Vince Lombardi would like to come back? Oh, my goodness. I was getting crap before because I don't like Slater, the offensive lineman. And I'm not going to get away from that. I don't like him. I don't like him at all. I don't think he's a fit for the Giants. I don't think he is the player that we need at 11. But we do have an issue with the offensive line that we still have not addressed via free agency. So you have to have a feeling that the Giants are going to be going offensive line somewhere in this draft. You have to. You have to have that feeling. And I am not a fan of taking two players at the same position two years in a row. Now, my of course, they have uh, Slater listed as a tackle, but I think he, if he was to play, he would be better suited for the guard position. But I don't like taking a player, two players in a row, two years in a row at the same position. I don't. But for some reason, if you had to go that way, there's no way I want to do it at 11. And I've said that a million times. And what I've said a million times before is with all the qu- quarterback needy teams probably grabbing five quarterbacks and maybe potentially the first 10 picks, there's going to be a quality defender or skill player fall down to the Giants at 11. So there's no way in hell I'm going to go for Slater. Sorry, no way in hell. No way whatsoever. But we still do need offensive line help. And I was thinking... Later in the second round, or maybe even if the Giants trade back and pick up an extra second round pick or a third round pick or something like that, there is a guy that I do have an interest in. And he is also lift, listed as an offensive tackle, but I can see him move being or moved into a guard position. And that's Alabama, excuse me, Alabama's Alex Leatherwood. You just have to love that name, Alex Leatherwood. Six foot six, 312 pounds. He was a highly, I mean, he was a highly sought after recruit three years ago. Um, I think he was out of, he was out of Florida, which, which I was surprised that he went to Clemson. He's, he's basically been a three-year starter. He's earned unanimous All-American honors in 2020. 
he basically helped anchor the line, you know, and he started 41 games for the Tide. He is a guy with a huge frame. And he's a guy that he, he reminds me of Matt from Connecticut, but more polished, more pro ready. And I have a feeling with that frame, he can, he could fill. If you've seen this guy, he could fill out that frame and he's got an impressive wingspan. I mean, he's got some long ass arms and I, and I know everyone talks about the short arm syndrome, the T-Rex syndrome. And I think it's funny because I have my arms close to my chest and I'm waving them up and down like a T-Rex. Don't lose. You're in a dinosaur. You better remember Step Brothers. I just love that movie, especially at the end. When he, and I, how is that a skill? <laughs> yeah, you could never be a dinosaur, Dad. Because I lost it. I looked, don't lose your dinosaur. Prestige worldwide. But he's got an impressive wingspan. And he's the kind of guy, like I said, he can grow into that frame. And, and honestly, when he's at the line of scrimmage, especially in the running game, he has the ability to just move the pile. He, he, he is what I would refer to as a road paver. He's a guy that creates lanes for the running back. You know, and, and, it's, and, his, and he's, he was durable. He didn't miss a start in three years. And like I said, he has the versatility to play both the inside and the outside. But I think taking that, I think you take him, you put him in the guard position, you pack on about 20 more pounds of that frame. You know, even if you pack on 18 pounds, you know, that frame, he comes in at 330. He's got that power. He's got that strength. He has the, I think he has the ability to plug that line. We always talk about Dalvin Tomlinson on the defensive side, how he had the ability to plug the line and allow players like Leonard Williams to go after the quarterback because he was anchoring that middle. I kind of have a feeling that Leatherwood can do the same thing. Now, I will tell you, he did struggle with handling speed rushers, especially at Alabama, which is why I'm saying I think potentially we should uh, move him more towards the, the interior of the line. I think, I, think that'll, I think that'll work for him. You know, he's more, I think he's also more of, a, uh, he's more of a scheme guy in some regards. But like I said, I think if you go into more of a zone blocking scheme, he would be, he would be uh, perfect as an interior lineman. You know, but there's some, to me, there's just something special about him. He, he needs to work on, he needs to gain some improvement on, from a technical aspect, you know, and, and, but I don't think he's a long-term project. I think he's a guy who technically, technically has some deficiencies, which I think can be worked on with proper coaching because he's an extremely patient blocker and he's very, very capable of recognizing basically various blitz packages. And he really does understand angles. He understands it effectively. And he can gauge properly but which angle the player is going to come in at. And like I said, why would I say he's tremendously... I can't even talk tonight. Would I say he is tremendously athletic? No. But I think as an interior lineman, he would be athletic enough to come in and potentially be a day one starter for the Giants. I see him going more towards the later half of the first round, if not into the second round. Because I think there will be some people that um, find him a little bit more polished. Um, I think, didn't he, win a, didn't he win the Outland? I think he did win the Outland Trophy. He, he was the fifth guy to win it in Alabama's history. 
and he was a first-team All-American. But to me, as a tackle, no. I would not say he's 100% pro-ready. But you put him as an interior blocker, I could see it. I could see it happening. I could see it in regards to the fact that, like I said, him dropping potentially into the second round, or maybe we pull a, you know, maybe we pull DeAndre Baker and trade back up. Now, the only thing about taking taking Leatherwood, I just love that name. <laughs> now starting for the Giants, number seventy at right guard, Alex Leatherwood. Sorry, that was my. Uh, that was that was my former giant, uh, uh, giant announcer from the Meadowlands. He used to, what Bob Shepard, I think his name was. He used, he also used to do the Yankee games, and I used to love it, especially back in the back in the eighties and nineties when he would because uh, he he was the PA announcer. He was fantastic. He really was because it was great. Because you got to go back and listen to the old films because he used to he used to do it. To, he you know he, he would he would call the game into the play after after it happened on the PA. So he would be like Joe Morris. Left tackle for four yards. <laughs> I used to love it. And then he would do like Sims to McConkey for 23. Just, you know, I miss some of the old days with that stuff. But I'm telling you, Leatherwood to me, I think he can fall into the latter half of the first round and into the second round. If he falls into the second round, I think he'll easily fall into position for the Giants. The only thing that would make me pause and question drafting him is potentially if Nick Bolton fell into the second round or fell into the latter half of the first round. Because I think, and I've talked about Nick before, I think he would be a perfect complement to work with and play alongside Blake Martinez. I mean, he's an impact run defender. He has the heady presence to have the ability to play the run. I mean, excuse me, the pass. I mean, is, is he the greatest defender in reference to, you know, zone or man to man? No. But he can clog the middle. He knows how to hit the ball carrier with an explosive decisiveness. And basically, he's bone jarring, man. He got, oh, you know, oh, hit him like that. You know, guy's down. Guy's down and out, man. Used to love watching him play at Missouri. Watched him a bunch of times. He's just a typical, he's just a typical inside linebacker. He's a little smaller, but he's a stout guy. He's thick, he's sturdy. He can take on the he can take over, you know, he can take on larger running backs. He can handle the short scat backs. He's just a guy that you want to have. But that would be the only potentially issue I would have if he if both of these players fell into the second round and fell to the Giants, I I would be very I I wouldn't know who to exactly to go with. But if Let's say Nick Bolton is gone because I can see Nick Bolton going and going towards the latter half of the first round. I could see Alex uh, Leatherwood going towards the uh, going towards the last half of the second uh, first round. But I think the Giants would be smart and pull a Gettleman and pull DeAndre Baker and trade back into the lower half of the first round and pick up a guy with like Leatherwood. And I'm telling you, you take Leatherwood and you put him on the same size as Andrew Thomas. You just hopefully solidified that side of the line for a good six, seven years. I'm more excited about Alex Leatherwood than I am about Slater. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And again, this is Tim of the Online Big Blue, bringing you the best of New York Giants sports talk and entertainment. And as always, if you can like, if you subscribe, if you're ringing that bell, you think that means that'd be awesome.